If you don't know, my name is Mark. I'm one of the pastors here at Bethel Church, and uh, Pastor Eric is off on an Alaskan adventure uh, this morning, so I get to to walk through the book of Proverbs uh, with you. I'm excited to get to do that. Uh, But before we dive in, let's just open with a word of prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, uh, I am thankful for this day. Uh, This is the day that you have made, uh, Lord, we are told. Uh, that each day is not promised to us. Each day is a gift that you give to us. And then, Lord, we thank you for the blessing of this new day. Uh, Heavenly Father, may we use it well. Uh, May we take advantage of the opportunity given to us. May we invest in things that are important. Uh, Heavenly Father, what we want to do this morning is invest uh, in our understanding of your word, in our understanding of what you have taught to us, uh, that we would allow it to shape us, to mold us, to grow us, to be more and more Uh, like you desire us to be. God, we pray for wisdom this morning. Uh, We ask for it. Uh, As we look at the book of Proverbs, would you just infuse our hearts and our souls and our minds uh, with your wisdom? Lord, allow us to live life better, to live life the way that you have intended. So God, we ask for your help this morning that we wouldn't accomplish these things through our own strength, like gritting our teeth and just trying harder, but that we would allow your spirit to change us and to shape us and to use us as you see fit. We ask you to do these things this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, anybody else watch the World Cup finals this morning? Three, four hands. Okay. Well, that's why USA is never going to win it, uh, because of things like that. Uh, just curious. I, it was a good morning. Um, we're going to be in the book of, of Proverbs this morning. We're going to be flipping uh, all around. I invite you, if you like to flip through your Bibles, if you want to get the mileage out of your pages, uh, we're going to be going back and forth in, in Proverbs this morning. Uh, included in your bulletin, there's a, a handout there. It also has a lot of the references uh, that I'll be using this morning, if you find that a little easier uh, to follow along. And we're doing different themes, different topics as we go through the book of Proverbs. Uh, and this morning, we're going to talk about friends. So here's my question for you. How many friends do you have? Okay, somebody held up the number two, okay? Appreciate that kind of honesty here. It's a little more difficult of a question than maybe it initially appears. How many friends should you have? Is there a right answer? What exactly is a friend? Does Facebook tell me who my friends are? If I don't have Facebook, do I have any friends? Can I count the friends on Facebook that I've ducked down a different aisle at Fred Meyer's to avoid them? Do I have to subtract those ones? I can't be the only one. I can't be, that's, okay, maybe, all right. When I think of friends and just this idea of, of friends, I think there's a part of me that initially can feel like it's a childish issue. It sounds like a conversation that you had with your mom on the first day of fourth grade. How was school today, sweetie? Did you make any friends? And as kids were warned about hanging out with the mean kids, and were warned about hanging out with the kid who eats glue, and were warned about hanging out with the kid that will do anything if you bet him a dollar that he won't, we're given a lot of instruction as kids about friends. And so we sit here as a room full of mostly grown-ups, And it can sometimes feel like an issue that we should already have figured out. And to talk about friends now kind of feels like, I don't know, that's beneath me. 
But the Bible, and particularly the book of Proverbs, it wants to guide us into a life lived wisely, a life lived with skill. And so it's going to speak into every area of our lives, and it's going to give us some very practical advice about friends. And so while I think that uh, talking about friends is, is very applicable to children, the target for Proverbs is for those of us who want and desire to be wise, uh, which I hope is all of us here in this room. So we're going to start with the basics. And the first thing that the Bible teaches us is that we all need real friends. Now, this phrase, real friends, as we're going to look at this morning, is an indicator of the quality of friends that you're looking for. In the book of Genesis, we see Adam working alone in the garden. Genesis 2.18 says this, The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Now, maybe working alone in your garden is your happy place, uh, but for Adam, it signified a place of loneliness, uh, a place where he didn't have anyone else that was the same as him to share his life with. And much like Eric talked uh, previously about work, um, work was not the result of the fall. It was not the result of sin. And we see the same thing with Adam's loneliness. It was not good for Adam to be relationally alone prior to the fall. It was not the arrival of sin that makes people lonely. Sin just has a habit of making us worse at dealing with it. No matter how introverted you are, you were not designed to live your life in isolation. Even in paradise, being alone was not good for Adam. And we see in Genesis that God fixes this problem with Adam by giving him a helpmate, his wife Eve. So the clear teaching is, if you're feeling lonely, get married. Thank you for laughing. Um, everyone's like, yes, oh no. No, marriage is not the only solution to loneliness. Now, for some of us, it is a significant part of how we build community and a significant relationship and a significant friend. But even marriage itself was not intended to fulfill all of our friendship and relational needs. And marriage is not part of God's design for everyone. It's not part of God's plan, whether that's by age or by choice or by circumstance. Uh, for some, all of those relational needs that we have, that we see in Adam, will be met by some combination of friends and family. And so a healthy understanding of our needs for friends is important for everyone, regardless of where we find ourselves in life. Uh, so this morning, I want to lay out some things that Proverbs teaches us uh, about friends. And I think uh, it's important to be listening in two ways this morning. Proverbs is going to give us some guidelines for the type of friends that we should have in our lives, that criteria for assessing uh, our current friendships and some criteria for pursuing new friendships. But Proverbs isn't just talking about other people, it also speaks directly to us and the type of friends that we need to be in other people's lives. It's easy to hear the passages that we'll look at this morning in Proverbs and picture a friend in your life and go, yeah, they don't measure up that way. Oh man, I wish I had a friend like the one described in Proverbs. It's much harder to read the book of Proverbs and say, 
do I measure up to this standard? Am I that kind of friend to the people in my life? I was reading uh, a book a, a little while ago on marriage, and I was a couple chapters in, and I had this mental list uh, of about 30 things that I thought that my wife needed to be doing differently or better. So what happens when you read a marriage book, right? And I had a, a mental list of, you know, maybe like two things that in the right circumstances I could do sort of better. And I was reading, and I just stopped, and I put the book down and thought, I'm not reading this right. If I was reading it honestly and looking at myself, I would go, there are lots of areas where I can improve and I can be better within my marriage as a husband. We love to hear instruction for other people and miss the instruction that is intended for us. And so I would challenge you with that this morning as we learn about friends. As we read about Proverbs, we're challenged to think about our friends, but it certainly calls on us to evaluate our own performance in those areas as well. So what is a good friend? What what is a real friend? What are the kind of friends that the Bible tells us that we need in our lives? First thing that Proverbs tells us is real friends tell it like it is. Proverbs 27, verse 5 and 6. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. I think the truth here is we need people in our lives that will tell us the truth. This sounds kind of like a, well, duh. Of course we want people who deal honestly with us. But moment of honesty with yourself right now, do you really? Do you surround yourself with people who agree with you? Do you surround yourself with people who tell you what you want to hear? Or do you want a friend that will speak into your marriage? Do you want a friend that will speak into how you're raising your kids? Do you want a friend that will speak into your performance at work? Do you want a friend that will call you out for being selfish? So we let these different areas of our lives become such a part of our identity of of how we value ourselves that there are many of us that just don't want the honest truth in these places. But Proverbs tells us that an enemy multiplies kisses. It's not hard to find people who will nod in agreement and tell us that everything's great with us. But wounds from a friend can be trusted. Proverbs challenges us, how much more valuable one friend who will tell us the honest truth over 10 friends who tell us what we want to hear? And do your friends feel the freedom to speak into your life? Have you ever given someone permission to analyze you in these different areas? It's terrifying. And what about you? Do you value your friends enough to speak honestly with them? If you've traveled uh, in in the last couple years, Homeland Security has instituted a see something, say something travel campaign. Uh, Maybe you've seen posters up. It's intended to get people to say something if they see something that's that's out of sorts or abnormal. Uh, And the hope is that collectively that that we can sort of push back uh, against terrorism. See something, say something. What if I told you that it works equally as effective as a biblical strategy for friendship? 
Now, Proverbs doesn't give us free reign to just go around telling everyone else how to live their life. That's not what this verse is saying. There's more than a few verses in Proverbs about pride and humility that we might want to consider first. But Paul does tell us in Ephesians that part of maturing as a Christian is learning how to speak the truth in love. Can you kindly and lovingly help a friend see an area in their life that needs work? We need to desire people in our lives that would rather risk the friendship for the sake of an area of growth that we need. That are willing to put that on the line, say, your growth is the most important thing. The next thing that we see from, from Proverbs is this. Real friends stick it out. Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Proverbs 18, 24. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, I think Proverbs applauds the long-term reliable friendships that we're going to look uh, at here in just a second. We're going to talk about that. Um, But there are some unique aspects of friendship. It is unique in comparison with family and with marriage. Friendship is an entirely voluntary relationship, and that's what makes it so sweet. I'll I'll share with you, I was um, and continue to be at times a complete knucklehead in life. Uh, And my parents had to love me. I gave them plenty of opportunities not to like me, but I knew in the end they had to love me. The same could be said about marriage. Same could be said about your siblings. Same could be said about your relationship with your kids. Contractual love. But friendship is entirely voluntary. We could drop the friendship at any time. Maybe you've experienced that. And that's one of the freedoms that we have within friendship. And it is precisely this freedom that makes it so precious. Our friends are the ones that we've chosen. And that's a powerful statement. Now, one of the problems that we can get ourselves into is when we make the the real friends stick it out pledge with the wrong kinds of friends. We surround ourselves with the wrong kinds of people and tell ourselves, well, we can't abandon our friends. And loyalty becomes a higher value to us than wisdom. Yes, Proverbs teaches us friends stick it out, but wise people stick it out with friends chosen wisely. It's too easy to just have friends of convenience or friends that have always been there. We need the right kinds of friends that we know will be there with us through whatever life throws at us. And we need to be that in other people's lives. Because it happens. Life happens. And when it does, we tend to find out who our real friends are. These kinds of friends don't happen by accident. They take work. They take intentionality. They take nurturing. And it can be easy to treat friends like we do health insurance. The cost is more than we want to pay, and I probably won't need it anyway which works out just fine until you're wrong. 
We need people in our lives who will be there, as Proverbs says, at all times, particularly as it warns in times of adversity. Because without these kinds of friends in our life, we can't handle what life throws at us, and it breaks us. As Proverbs tells us, we come to ruins. But with real friends in our life that will stick it out with us, we can withstand the storms and the stresses of life. If you haven't experienced these moments yet, if you haven't experienced these friendships yet, you will. I've received the, the call late at night. My wife is going into emergency labor. Will you come stay the night with my kids so we can go to the hospital? Life happens. It happens fast. Proverbs teaches us that without those friends that we've cultivated and grown in our lives, that life comes at us faster than we can withstand on our own two feet. Now, Proverbs isn't saying friendship instead of family. I think it's arguing that real quality friendships in addition to family, that we would value chosen relationships and not just DNA connections. Proverbs 18.24 that I read earlier comes a few verses after one of my favorite verses about marriage. Proverbs 18.22, he who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. Marriage and family are part of God's social safety net. Proverbs was written to a culture that values family even higher than we do. Back then, family was everything. It was crazy to move away from your family. But even in the midst of that culture, in a culture that valued family even higher than we do, there was a special place saved for friends and the role that they were to play in our lives. Some of us can at times be at fault for treating friends like second-class citizens. Boy, I'd love to spend Thanksgiving with you, but that's for family. I, I've got an opening on St. Patrick's Day. You can't pick your family, but you can pick your friends. You, you can select people that you need in your life. And Proverbs invites us to do that with a certain intentionality, because those are the people that we will at times find ourselves leaning on. Now, I think this principle is, is particularly appropriate for people in Fairbanks, where many of us don't have the family support net built in. Sure, my family loves me, but they love me 3,000 miles away. As an Alaskan, I can tell you I've spent a lot more holiday meals surrounded by friends than I have family. Alaska is a cold and a dark and a dangerous place to take on by yourself. It might not feel like that right now while we're out playing in the summer, but January and February have a certain reliability about them. And we need those friends to walk through that with us, friends that are here. Ask yourself, are you ready for life to take a swing at you? Do you know that you have friends that have your back? Next principle we're going to see is this. Real friends make us better. Or they make us worse. It can go either way. Proverbs 13.20. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. 
One book that I was reading said it best. It said, friendships are never neutral. Influence is always being exerted. The people that we spend time with, the people that we allow in our lives, have a tremendous impact on who we are and who we become. Now, in the early stages of life, you were shaped most by your family. But for the rest of our lives, you will be shaped largely by your friends. You become like the people with whom you spend the most time. I appreciate just the straightforwardness uh, of this Proverbs. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Now, if it's warm in here, if you stayed up too late last night, if you've generally tuned out this morning, here's the summary of the whole sermon. Are your friends wise? If your answer is yes, then you're setting yourself up for success. If your answer is no, you're making life much harder. The Bible warns us, be careful who you hang out with because you'll likely turn out like them. Proverbs 22, uh, verse 24 and 25 gives a warning. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Hang out with people that have a temper. Don't be surprised when you find your temper growing within you. Proverbs warns about other types of friendships, warns about hanging out with people who sin blatantly. Sooner or later, you get wrapped up in it. You get caught up in it. It warns against spending your time with people who drink too much. Guess what they're likely to do when they hang out? And the warnings go on and on in Proverbs about the activities and the things that our friends do that we begin to mimic them. Proverbs 27, 17 challenges with, with this. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Who's sharpening you? Now, we can all uh, appreciate a, a newly sharpened tool, be it an axe or a kitchen knife, that, that, that fresh edge. Who is sharpening you? Who's putting the edge on you? What's the version of you that you desire to be? Have you allowed you people into your life that are helping you aim at that direction? Or are you aiming for one thing, but because of the friends that you've surrounded yourself, you feel like you're swimming upstream to try to get there? Who's sharpening you? I think the, the flip side of this and the overreaction of this is to try to only have wise Christian friends in our lives. Uh, and I think this overlooks our call as Christians to be salt and life and to be an influence in the lives of non-Christians. But we do this from a solid foundation of friendships, a solid foundation of relationships with others that share our values and encourage us towards Christ-likeness, allowing us to then go and be salt and be light. If you want to be good at anything, you need to be around people that are good at it. When you play sports, if you want to get better, you have to play against people that are better than you, even if it means you lose all the time. It's how you improve the quickest. Ask yourself, do you have friends in your life who challenge you, who make you think, who model how you should be handling certain situations? Do you allow people into your life who need to be sharpened by you? 
Are there people in your life who you're reaching out to, helping to bring along? Who's sharpening you? Who are you sharpening? And the last principle this morning that I want to bring into our discussion about friends is this. Real friends are hard to find, but they're worth it. Proverbs 12, 26. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Now here's one area where uh, I think our culture can teach us some less than healthy um, views when it comes to friends. Uh, Our culture tends to stress quantity over quality. And I think Proverbs and the rest of the Bible take a quality over quantity approach as it warns us, choose your friends carefully. Now, I don't like to be uh, the blame social media guy. Uh, I think we heap a lot of blame on those services because we have things that we want to blame and we don't always know where to put that blame. Uh, But I do think that Facebook and some of the other social media services have influenced our thinking as a culture, generally. I have a lot of friends. See, it says right here, there's a number. I have this many. Now imagine a world where Facebook had a 10-friend maximum. Then you'd really have to think, who are my friends? Who's my 10? Maybe it's two for you, whatever, whatever. Who can I count on when I need it? Who have I sought out and said, will you be in my life? My apologies to any of you that go home today and find yourself unfriended from several people sitting here today. (laughs) Don't take it personally. Now, I'm not against Facebook. I think that it's a a tool, and it's about how you use it. Uh, There's this guy, Walt Mueller. Uh, I read a lot of his stuff. He writes a lot about youth culture, and he does a good job of analyzing the world that teenagers live in and seeing it from a Christian perspective. And I appreciate that he does not demonize social media, and technology, which can be easy to do. But he often repeats a quote. He says this, First we shape our tools, then our tools shape us. So are we using the tools at our disposal to elevate or to devalue friends in our lives? Perhaps instead of cyber-stalking each other, we actually go spend time together, actually go do something with each other in real life. At any point, have you stopped and taken a friendship inventory? Maybe sit down with your spouse or sit down with a a close, trusted friend and say, how are my friendships going? How are my relationships going? Am I ready for what life might throw at me? And I would tell you, if, if somebody that you could have that conversation with doesn't come to mind, that's an indicator right there. Proverbs 27.10, do not forsake your friend or a friend of your family, and do not go to your relative's house when disaster strikes you. Better a neighbor nearby than a relative far away. Should be like the Fairbanks verse. It's a good verse for Fairbanks. It's a good reminder. We need friends, and we need friends that are right here with us in day-to-day life. You might have the greatest family in the world. 
but there's a true value in a friend that can answer the phone and be at your house in five minutes or 20 minutes because some of you guys live in the middle of nowhere. But the point is that they can be there. Are you one of the rare people that has the right kind of real friends in your life right now? Friends that are there for you. Friends that sharpen you. I think it's rare when we find ourselves there. I think when we take our inventory, I think it's rare that we pass. If that's where you're at right here today, if you're going, I'm good. I've got the right kind of friends. I have real friends in the places that I need. I've built those relationships over time. I know that they're there for me. I just say, praise the Lord for that. Seriously, praise the Lord for that. Maybe send those friends a note and just say, thanks for being there for me. Thanks for being my friend. Thanks for choosing this. Thanks for volunteering. Maybe you're sitting here today, and as you kind of hear these different standards, you you realize sort of the biblical understanding of friendship, and you're going, my friends don't quite measure up. My, My friendship inventory comes back a little lacking. I would challenge you. What are you going to do about it? Because it doesn't fix itself on accident. How are you building community? How are you developing relationships with other people? How are you growing a friendship? Who are the people that you need to sit down and go, I need to pursue them. I need them in my life. And once you do, are you willing to give them freedom to speak into your life? Because just finding the friends is one step. Actually letting them influence you and speak into your life is the next. My hope is that each of us, that, that we would have an approach towards friendship that resembles what we're taught here by Proverbs. That, that we would surround ourselves with the people that we need in our life that we would look at these criteria and say, real friends tell it like it is. Real friends stick it out. Real friends make us better. Real friends are hard to find, but they're worth it. My prayer is that you would have friends like that in your life, and that if you don't, you would intentionally and thoughtfully pursue it. I pray that you would live wisely in your relationships with others. Now, we wanted to, we've been doing this at the end of, of the sermons, uh, just sort of this reminder of, of why we're studying wisdom. So I'm going to ask a question and we'll invite you to read back uh, what's on the screen. Are we saved by wisdom? No. We are saved from the guilt of our sin through repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, was buried, and rose again. Well, what good then is wisdom? By wisdom, we are received from the pain, folly, and given the best chance to enjoy life as God designed it. Let me read to you one last verse again, Proverbs 12, 26. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, give us wisdom in the area of friendships. It may sound childish, it may sound kid-like, but Lord, it is a true reality for each one of us that we need friends. 
We need the right kind of friends, Lord. We need the friends that will stick there with us, the friends that will answer our call when we need help, that will challenge us in areas of our life where we need to be challenged. Lord, we need friends that we can want to turn out like, not hope that we don't turn out like. Heavenly Father, my prayer for for each of us here, that we would spend some time, whether that's today or this week, thinking about our friendships, thinking about who's in our life, and, and thinking about what we need to do to shore up and to build the appropriate friendships into our lives. Heavenly Father, if there's somebody maybe that comes to mind that that we need to pursue a friendship with, God, would you give us the courage to do that and create opportunities for those friendships to be built? Lord, maybe as we look at this list of what a real friend is, there's a conviction of some people in our lives that, that don't meet this. Lord, would you give us wisdom as we figure out how to reappropriate or reorganize or, or, or restructure those friendships, Lord, so that, that influence isn't so costly on us, that influence isn't dragging us away from where you desire us to be. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for this wisdom that we see in Proverbs that guides us. May we do it. May we live it. We ask for your help with these things, Jesus. Amen.